Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the fur de lance. So the fur de lance is a type of snake. It is actually a type of pit viper to be specific. So fur de lance is actually French for spearhead. And that's because uh, vipers and pit vipers, these type of snakes have very triangular heads. So you can see where they got the name from that. Some other nicknames for it is the terciopelo, which means velvet in Spanish. Um, and it's also also called the ultimate pit viper because of its large size, fangs, and venom. And then some other ones that it has is the yellow beard as well as four noses. So the fertilance is found in Mexico, Central America, and parts of South America. And they're found at various elevations. Uh, and they tend to be in forests. And that includes tropical forests, um, evergreen forests, as well as tropical deciduous forests. They prefer places that are a little more wet. Uh, they tend to stay away from any drier areas or places that have long dry periods. So this snake, um, just because it's also distributed in so many different places from North to Central to South America, its color does vary based on the environment that it's in. Uh, but usually it has a light to dark brown color with a yellow zigzaggy uh, shaped line on each side of the body, as well as a black triangular pattern that also goes down its body. The underside of its body is usually pale yellow or sometimes even white. Um, and like I said, just because of where it's located, it can uh, vary in color from browns to dark greens, grays, and even uh, black or tan sometimes. And then as for size, the fertilance gets up to eight feet long about, uh, which is fairly long for a snake. And then weigh, it weighs up to about 13 pounds. And the fertilances are some of the most sexually dimorphic of all snakes. And if you don't remember what uh, sexually dimorphic means, uh, it means when males and females have very different character, physical characteristics. So, for example, with the fertilance, they look about the same and are about the same size uh, when they are young. But by age 7 to 12 months, the females begin to grow a lot faster than males. And females end up a lot bigger. They get thicker, they get heavier, they get longer, and they tend to have bigger heads than their males. And they typically have proportionally bigger fangs than the males as well. So like I mentioned earlier, they do have a triangular shaped head. Um, and their head typically is large, male or female. Uh, if you look at it compared to its body size, you would kind of see that it has a relatively large size head. And in some of the places where uh, it does uh, have like a drier region that the snakes live in, uh, to prevent water loss, they have more scales to kind of hold in the water better. And then as for what the fertilance eats, when it's younger, it tends to eat more ectothermic prey. And what this means is uh, creatures that get their heat from external sources. So you have stuff like insects, frogs, lizards, other snakes, those kinds of things. 
And then as they get older, they tend to eat more endothermic prey. So they're usually eating smaller mammals as well as maybe birds. So you think like small rodents, mice, possums, uh, birds, shrews, stuff like that. So this snake is kind of a uh, camouflaged opportunistic hunter. So usually it will use its camouflage pattern to lie in wait in uh, leaves and trees and stuff like that until a prey comes by and that's when it will strike it and immobilize it with its venom um, to consume it. And there's also a fun fact kind of in this is that the juveniles are also known to exhibit what's called caudal luring. Um, and this means that they'll use their very differently colored tip tails to lure prey in by swinging them back and forth because they think it's things like worms or caterpillars. So not many things eat this snake, uh, probably just because of its ferocity and its venom. Uh, but some things that do eat it are the Goliath bird-eating spider, which is actually one of the first animals that we talked about, and as well as jaguars. And then mating with the fertilance really depends on what area it is in, whether it be North, South, or Central America. Uh, for example, in some parts of Costa Rica, it's a lot more prolific than others. Reproduction is highly seasonal. And then in Costa Rica, the reproductive cycles are related to rainfall patterns. So Costa Rica is a more tropical uh, climate, so there's going to be a lot of rain. And then as for courtship, there is a little bit of courtship that goes on. So male fertilances will do these like side-to-side squiggle-like movements, where and they will uh, slowly chase an accepting female. And a female will mate with multiple males to help increase her chance of having babies. And it is currently unknown whether this species will uh, reproduce annually or biannually. So once a year, or every, every year or every two years. So when it comes to offspring and egg laying, uh, we actually have done some research and observed uh, the snakes on the Pacific and Atlantic side and noticed that their habits were actually very different. So when it comes to the Pacific side, the number of offspring was an average of 18.6, uh, ranging anywhere from 5 to 40. And the total length of the snakelets when they came out was about 11 to 13 and a half inches. And then on the Atlantic side, uh, the average number of offspring was 41.1 with a range from 14 to 86. And the total length of the snakelets coming out were about 10 and a half to 14 and a half inches. So there were uh, more increase in numbers as well as them being bigger. And in both of these populations, the gestation time ranged from about six to eight months. And it has been uh, studied that the size of the litter correlated significantly to the actual size of the female. And then as for child rearing, uh, snakelets are born fully developed and don't need parent care. And this is the case in pretty much every single species of snake is they come out ready to go on their own. And then their lifespan is typically somewhere in the range of 15 to 21 years. And then as for the behavior, they are a snake. There's not really communities of snakes. They tend to be pretty solitary creatures. Uh, they don't really do a lot of communication with other snakes other than what we see with like hissing or uh, other things like that. And then as for population size, the exact numbers are unknown. So, and they're also listed as not evaluated by the IUCN, but their population is estimated to be at a stable number. And the biggest threats to their population are some of the most obvious, which are deforestation as well as urbanization. Yep. And we do have a couple of fun facts about the Fertilance. Uh, the first is that earlier I mentioned it was a pit viper. Um, and this means that they have a heat sensing pit organ that's located between the eye and the nostril on both sides of the head, which also give its nickname of four noses. 
And unlike uh, a lot of other species of snakes, most species of snakes, when they encounter humans, um, they try to flee. Uh, Fertilance is not typically like this. Uh, their first instinct in contact with humans is to fight. Um, and because they are so venomous, there are reported cases of fatalities and uh, people losing limbs and things like that. So they are very mean snakes. And to give an idea of how aggressive it is and how often it bites, in Costa Rica, it's considered the most dangerous snake and it's responsible for 46% of all snakes snake bites and 30% of all hospitalized cases for snake bites. And before 1947, the fatality rate was 9% if you were bitten by one. Uh, but it has since declined to almost 0% uh, due to the research done by various institutions. And to give an idea of the potency of the venom of the Fertilance, there is a opossum called the Dildaphine opossum, and they are almost entirely immune to the venom of pit vipers and rattlesnakes. But the one snake that they're still able to sometimes uh, succumb to the venom of is the Fertilance. On average, these snakes inject about 105 milligrams of venom in one bite, um, and the fatal dose for a human is only 50 milligrams. And that about wraps up everything we have on the Fertilands. We hope you enjoyed it. We haven't done a snake in a little while. Uh, be sure to tune in next week where we talk about the infamous mammal called the platypus. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.